I want to thank you for joining us today on the Teen Challenge of Southern California podcast. If you didn't know, we have a 24-7 prayer hotline. It's staffed by Teen Challenge staff members who are ready to pray with you anytime, anywhere. Call us today at 888-520-0620. And if you know someone who is struggling with addiction and needs to come into our program, you can refer them to this same number, 888-520-0620 and we can help them begin their new life. We're jumping right back into the powerful and Holy Spirit-inspired conversations and messages from Arise United 2020. And today, listen as two spiritual pillars from California's Antelope Valley, Bishop Henry Hearns and Pastor Chris Johnson talk with our Executive Director Ron Brown and have a conversation about what real unity and real love look like in the body of Christ. If you haven't had the chance, please subscribe to our podcast channel today. You'll be notified every time a new episode comes out, and it's a way for us to stay in touch during these difficult times. God bless you today, my friends. You know, the times that I've been with the two of you together, I know that your affection for one another is genuine. Uh, It's not an act, it's not a put on, but it literally comes from the deepest part of your heart. Uh, and, and that affection is very, very real and tangible. And it just blesses me to see the two of you together and to, to hear how God has blended you, your ministries together to have a greater impact. You know, one person can have an influence and an impact, but when you put two, you know, Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together, I'm in the midst. I often say the reason you say it two or three is because you can't get more than two or three people to agree on anything. <laughs> <laughs> But, but the two of you definitely have that spirit of agreement that's very palpable. <laughs> but, I, you know, Ron, uh, and I'll be quiet again after in a minute, but one of the things that is so unique about Chris and I is, is the fact that I've met other uh, people from brown and black mm-hmm. and white, and, and it felt okay. But when I'm with Chris, it don't feel okay. It just is okay. Amen. <laughs> and, and and you don't have to try to figure out what I'm going to say to him, yeah. how I'm going to say it to him, because I know that whatever I say, even if he disagrees, is not a problem for us. That's right. And, and so it's just, <laughs> it, it's just automatic. Yes, sir. And then he had me to come and sit down at his house when his daughter turned 16, I will never, ever in my life forget that. I ended up crying the whole time. Wow. It was just a great joy to sit and talk to his daughter, sharing with him. And I believe your dad and everything was there, right, Chris? Yeah, so what had happened, my da- when my daughter turned 16, my dad had already passed away. And Bishop Hearns and I were sharing that sweet relationship. And honestly... Bishop Hearns, or dad, as I call you, being respectful here in this interview. But um, for us, it's always been very natural to invite you to family events because you're a part of our family. And uh, I I know my son CJ refers to you as grandpa. And so to have you come and speak words of wisdom uh, to a granddaughter is very natural and and very much still treasured even in her own life. Um, So she was at a significant place in her life turning 16 we had a big 16 year old birthday party and i just yeah. wanted grandpa to come yes pray over her and share words of wisdom with her and, and so that's that's just to me a reflection that that's the 
that's the fruit, not the root of the relationship. That's just what has mm. sprung out of it, of a great thing God has done. Yeah. And, you know, Bishop Prince, I don't know if you remember, we were both over at City Hall one day, and it was the anniversary, I think, of, uh, you know what it was? It was, um, it was celebrating Rosa Parks. And yeah. I don't know if it was when she had died, but we did an event over at the Boulevard, and many churches came together. And, Ron, I know... Mm that it's a unique thing God has done in our valley, knitting not only our hearts together, but the churches of the AV together. It's, it's remarkable what happens in this valley and, and the fruit that comes from it. But it was at that that you spoke and then I was speaking after, and the Lord put on my heart. And I don't know if you remember what I said there, but what I had said was, is I'm thankful for Rosa Parks and I'm thankful for civil rights leaders. Because of the works of Rosa Parks, um, I got a dad that I wouldn't have been able to have. Yes, I do remember that. Wow. And, and what I was oh, trying to make the point was, is I benefited from the civil rights movement as a white man, because otherwise I would have missed out on such a life-changing relationship. I would have not had it with you if it had it not been for people like her. Wow. What a powerful piece. I do remember that so very well. And, and, and you know, I, I don't consider myself a straight out cry baby, but there are certain things that just grab me right away. Yeah. When, when people love me without a cause, just just love me. Amen. And that's what Chris and I have. We just love each other. And and he will he will stand up in the pulpit at his church, introduce me to speak, and they got hundreds of people in there and call me dad. Whoa. Wow. Wow. Whoa. Wow. The honor. Oh, the honor. I mean, I mean, Mr. I, I, I understand that that's very impactful to you. Can you relate a little bit of that, maybe, to some of your story of growing up in Mississippi? Why uh, Pastor Chris introducing you and calling you dad in his church? Um, and Grace Chapel is one of the largest churches in the Antelope Valley, and it's a powerful ministry. And introduce you as dad. Relate that a little bit to growing up in Mississippi on a plantation uh, and your journey to, to that place of standing with Pastor Chris? Listen, um, uh, let me take you back. I lived on three different plantations before dad and mom got their own property and own house and land and everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, going to the back doors, Getting off the street when I would hear footsteps behind me, I knew the difference between, I don't know how I knew, but I knew the difference between the sound of a white person's step and that of a black person, get off and let them pass. Mm. Sometimes they'd pass me by and said, thank you, boy. And, and they would go on. Mm. And then when I was born on the Ingham McCrae's plantation, they always gave me a birthday gift, but it was handed to me through the back door. Mm. And there was a, there was that thing of receiving it and smiling and said, thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. But, mm. but glad to get away from the back door. And then, and then somehow or the other, going across the, the tab, going into the army during the Korean War, and coming back and then going to school and then coming to California because I couldn't find a job. And then meeting this young white brother, not that I hadn't met other white people mm -hmm. and not that I didn't have good relationship, 
business working relationship. Yes. But this just was not the same. That that white black thing didn't show up. It's just we came together as one. Yes. And, and without trying to make it, it just was. You were knit in the heart together. I think about we were knit in our heart David and, and, and Jonathan, yes. Uh-huh. And so going to his house is like going to my own house. And when I came here this morning to sit down, it was not like coming to somebody's office. It's coming to my son's office. <laughs> it's coming to my friend's office. Yes. It's, and, and so relating that can't even be compared. Mm. It's just the blood of Jesus that has knitted us and it's unbreakable. And I can say right now, yes. as Paul said in Romans chapter eight and starting with verse 35, how the Lord was gonna keep him and that nothing could separate him. Amen. I can go ahead and make a statement on behalf of Chris and I, it don't make no difference what who is elected in November. Yes. It won't have anything to do with Chris and I. Oh, we, are, we are fixed. And I'm just, uh, I guess the only thing I can say is nothing like this has ever happened in my life until I met Chris back in 91. Wow, that is that is so powerful to see how God brought the two of you together from worlds apart, <laughs> cultures apart, races apart uh, and he brought an age apart yes and, and there's a generational gap there too generational gap. but you know yeah. there's something on, on page 207 uh, of your book which I, I absolutely love your book how odds even through grace by henry hearns and a lot of people are going to be viewing this and i want to encourage everyone go out it's on amazon get a copy of this book you will be blessed your life will be transformed by the power of the spirit as you read this book uh, but one of the things that you said you said being a christian is who I am. It does not mean I support one group over another. I am a Christian. It defines me as a man. Um, That is, from that place, I really believe that is the call of God to the church today, to get us back to who we are. The identity issues, I think, drives a lot of the divisiveness uh, in the church today. It's like, well, who are you? Am I a Christian? Am I a black Christian? Am I a white Christian? Uh, Am I a suburban Christian? Am I an inner city Christian? Uh, Am I a Hispanic Christian? Uh, No, no, I am a Christian. I am a believer in the Lord. And when you said that, that's who defines, that's what defines you as a man. From that place, I believe all the possibilities of what God can do through us is unlimited when we view ourselves through that lens. I I, I, um, I have the opportunity here in the Antelope Valley just about, in fact, every year since I was elected back in 1990, and we'd have the fireworks on July 4th, we always given a prayer of thanksgiving for another year that America has been America. Mm-hmm. And when I get ready to pray, I make sure everybody understand that you pray how you pray. Yes. You believe in who you believe in. But as for me, 
Yes. Jesus is the only one. Hallelujah. And I ask you guys to forgive me. Please do not let it offend you. It's just who I am. Amen. Amen. And then I go ahead and pray. And that, and that's, to me, make sure that they understand. I'm not against them. Mm -hmm. I'm not against anybody. Right. I just want to be who I am. Amen. And that is a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think some of the rich blessings that have come out of uh, the relationship that God's given uh, to me, but also uh, just in the life of our valley and in churches. And certainly it's not limited to just Bishop Hearns and I. There is a tremendous spirit of unity. But let me just give you an example of what happened even recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you remember that you called me one night and, and when, when the social unrest was continuing to kind of grow. And, and uh, we just decided on the phone that night, we needed to get all the pastors together that we can. Yes. Prayer meeting. Yes. And I, you, Ron, you wouldn't believe, um, well, we've both, we've all been to many pastors' meetings. In fact, Ron, you've come and spoken at some of our pastor meetings here in the Valley, and you know yeah, yeah. That, that the churches that are represented. Yes. Um, and I'll just tell you, it's the best pastors' meeting I've ever been to. It was such a yeah. sweet time of allowing people to share, and we were in God's Word together, because that that is the only qualifier. If you're going to be a part of our pastor meetings, you have to believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by him. And secondly, yeah. you've got to believe that the Bible is the authoritative word of God. And, and we might not always agree on every interpretation or whatever, but we agree on those things. Yes. And, and, and I don't know what your recollection is of that day, but that was a powerful time where God's people came together and we prayed together. We And this is only in the last couple of months. And yeah. um, the yeah. fruit has come out of that and the relationships that are built. And I would say to you that I think um, when we think of the unrest going on in our society, that, that we really should start with seeking peace in the family of God, that it really starts Amen. in the church first. Yes. Jesus said, they will know you're my disciples by the love you have for each other. So Amen. when brothers dwell together in unity, not only does it glorify the Father, but it actually is our best testimony. Like, how do you guys get along? And, and then we have opportunity to share that. So Amen. I honestly pray for peace in our country, but I pray that peace first begins in the church. And I think that that comes out of the love that God has poured out in our hearts. And yes. when it pours through us into our brothers and sisters in Christ, yes. so I think a lot of times we think of unity in the church as unity in my church, unity in my local church. But I actually think yes. Jesus has something bigger in mind. Yes, he did. That unity is across the body of Christ. And it doesn't yes. mean we compromise. It doesn't mean we don't have convictions. But we just keep the main thing the main thing, yeah. and we want to make Jesus look good. And if we want to do that, we have to genuinely love each other. And what I would say, if you want to use Bishop Hearns and I's relationship as a microcosm of that, what I would say makes that relationship such a sweet relationship, it is love. I love him. I love him. And I really hope he loves me. I ain't no doubt. You don't have to think. You know that. It's biblical, agape love. And I that's mean, what we, but here's the thing. We don't have to ask God for that love because he's already given it to us. And Romans 5, he's poured out his love in our hearts. Amen. And so when I think of the early 
first church, think of the first disciples. They were people from all kinds of different backgrounds. They sure were. They had a tax collector and a zealot all on the same team. How does that happen? <laughs> They're supposed to hate each other. Only God. Only the love of God. Yeah, so that's, um, I, those are the kinds of things that happen in our valley. And, and, I, and I would say that the reason why I think the churches up here get along well is because we actually really love each other. We're not competing with each other. We're complimenting each other. Mm. There, if, if every person in this valley went to church this weekend, there wouldn't be enough seats available. So we don't need to compete for, for people. We are on the same team and we genuinely love each other. And so yes. I would say, I think that that's the, the secret to unity wow. um, in wow. the church is biblical love and a desire to have a testimony to our community and the world around us. You know, in Paul writing in Ephesians, um, Ephesians is, is kind of the book of one. You know, he talks about the one body, we're one yes. spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all. Um, and in John chapter 17, uh, verse 11, Jesus prayed to that great prayer to the Father, keep them in your name, those you gave to me, uh, that they may be one, as we, As we are. Amen. And so that really is that key of unity. And it's, it wasn't like Jesus was saying that this is something that's going to happen someday in the future. But really what he did is he talked about the relationship between he and the Father. And he says, as you and I are one. So this unity already existed in, yes. in, in God himself. And so he invited his disciples to come into that love, to come into that relationship with him. And it's from that place that unity becomes a reality in our lives. But it's something that God already created, and it's something that comes out of the love of God, not something that we can go and make happen. Yeah, I, you know, I appreciate what you're saying. I, I could not agree more with you. And I wanted to even maybe add to that for a moment. And that is that I think it's important that we not only that we serve together, not only that we sit together and have meals together, but that we serve one another and we serve together because Amen. You know, it's cheap. And so I think what we need to do, um, like here in the Valley, we've adopted neighborhoods and Bishop Hearns has been a big part of that. Um, we've painted 150 homes and neighborhoods, but we do that together. So we'll have, Whoa. we've had up to a thousand people at one time from 10 different churches, all painting in a neighborhood, cleaning up that neighborhood together. But here's, here's why I say that. I think sometimes when we sit around and talk too much, Come on now. we start to figure out our differences. But when we start to sweat together and to serve together, yes. so Bishop Hearns helped get us going on Martin Luther King Jr. service day. So there is a, a gathering that we have on that Sunday, but on Saturday, we're all over this valley serving together and working together and making a difference in a community. And, and so I think, I think sometimes, too, we just need to figure out what could we do for one another, because the, the other key to unity, even in the home, is unselfishness, right? I, yeah. I, I want something, I don't get it, so I fight, I kill, I'll do whatever I can, James 4, to have it. But our attitudes be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who made himself nothing, took on the very form of a servant, and became obedient even to the point of death. Yes. And so it really is, um, I think an attitude of humility and serving one another and, and, and figuring out what can I do to serve that church? How could our church go? And then our, our people will follow that example and that spirit will, will catch on. So Bishop Hearns and I, over the years, we switched pulpits. And, and you know, it's always kind of a hard thing because his church always got the bad end of that deal. 
And, and, and I always thought, I don't know if my church is going to have me back after Bishop Burns takes my pulpit. But, but, but those kinds of things are good. Those are good public displays. Yes. But honestly, what's borne a lot of fruit is when we just get out there and start putting action to our words. Because yes. at the end of the day, 1 Corinthians 13 reminds us that talk is cheap. It's really a matter of, um, you know, are we, are we serving one another? Are we actually demonstrating love through our actions? And, and I would just okay. encourage churches to do that together. Let's start to do, find a project your city needs yes. and do it together. Well, you know, I, I see Jesus when he told us this, and we look back at the Leviticus laws and the love that we had and all that. And then finally, Jesus comes to us. And I think it's in John 13, as we've been talking about earlier. And he told us to love as he loved us. Yes. And so when I stop and look at that, Chris, it bears witness to what you've just said. He took off his, his beautiful garment, put a towel around himself to start washing dirty feet. Yes, he did. And so he said, I just want you guys to do the same thing. Just yeah. do it as I did it. That's so right. you may not want to necessarily wash somebody's feet, but you can paint a house together. Yeah. You can have a meal together. Yes. You can say something to encourage each other. And that's what our ministerial alliance, and I want to share this before I forget it, while it's on my heart here. Mm. When I was serving as mayor and city council and all that, Mm -hmm. on the city council for those 18 years. Anytime we had a problem in the city, you know, a big something comes up mm -hmm. between the police department and anything else, I could call one of these pastors, Chris Johnson or, or uh, any of the other pastors, and have four or 500 people show up at the city hall in a heartbeat just to pray together. Wow. I mean, it didn't make any difference what it was about. But I'm going to call my brothers and sisters together, and we get out in the middle of the street right there in front of City Hall and ask God to, to deal with us. And That's when, serving your community. <laughs> that's when we serve our community. Well, I want to thank both of you so much for being a part of Arise United and sharing your heart. Uh, Pastor Chris, the thing that you shared uh, about serving together is so, I believe it's so important because love is a decision, love is action. Um, and you know, we have, to, we need unity in our families. We need unity in the church. We need unity in our community. Um, but the serving together part, I think is so important because what it does is it gets you outside of yourself and it it focused on someone else. Uh, and that's what we need more than ever, uh, as you said, Pastor Chris, and also Bishop Hearn, is that we need to serve the Lord and serve one another in love. Yeah. And so we, we're, we're excited about what you're doing, and we thank everybody who's involved in that. Amen. I guess there is, a, you know, there is a closing thought that I have, and that is this is a time where the Church of Jesus Christ needs to come together. And I want to actually give a little bit of a, a call uh, to... Uh, churches that maybe have more resources to reach out to churches near you that don't have the same resources. And so there might be churches around that don't have live stream equipment. And maybe it'd be good if your church purchased them some, or maybe even the technology, or maybe set up a studio at your church so they could come, you know, live stream from your church to their folks. They don't have to even know that it's at your church. Um, but 
I think we have to have a loyalty and a brotherhood uh, that we say, hey, it's not just does my church survive through this pandemic, mm. um, but is the church going to survive? Now, we know it will because Jesus says he's going to build his church. But what a great way to build unity at a time of crisis to show up. And so I'm just going to take a principle from Galatians 6. And let us not grow weary in doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. But notice the next part of that. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. And we are a valley where the churches reach out and we touch all over this valley. But then it says, but especially to those who are the household of faith. And I just think we should rightly prioritize our family first. And I say our family is all of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so this would be a great time to reach out to, to parts of your community and churches that maybe if you're a church that has a little more resource to share with those, maybe who don't, and maybe that's a financial gift, maybe that's resources, but, mm. but, but who knows what God could actually do. Maybe Jesus is actually purifying his church. Maybe Jesus is actually bringing us together where we have to rely on each other and through that, we become a unity that we never would have imagined possible. <laughs> Racially, all of those barriers could go down if we would, we would just get busy loving one another and serving one another in the body of Christ. And I like that, especially those who are the household of faith. So my first loyalty is to the family of God. Amen. Wow. Amen. Powerful. Thank you. And one of the things that the Lord put on my heart, I, I'm speaking twice this later on this this month mm. at the Antelope Valley College locally here yes. to to uh, a, a class and in that I'm going to be speaking from living better not bitter mm. and in the back of the book I've uh, written a little statement that says that we can change one letter the word bitter is b-i-t-t-e-r yes and we can move that I and put an E and live better. Yes, sir. That's what the Lord is calling for us to do, yes. is live better, not bitter. Not bitter. If I want to take myself back 80-something years as to how I was treated in Mississippi, I can become bitter in a flat circle. Yes. But if I live where I am. Yes, sir. If I live where I am. Yes, sir. Beauty that God has given me through my brother and my son and my friend and yes. my pastor. Yes. And I call him my pastor. Yes, so sir. when I leave up out of here, someday, somewhere, I'm going to want him in that program to say something at my home going. Yes, sir. So I'm thankful for that. And uh, with that in mind, uh, if we're ready, I'm ready to pray. Yes, sir. Thank you. And you've allowed Ron, Henry, and Chris to be together, mm. not only in our words, but in our unity of spirit. Yes, We thank you for it. Thank you. We thank you for the mission of Teen Challenge. Yes, Lord. We thank you for the mission, the great, wonderful, uniting mission that you have put in Chris Johnson. Yes. Once again, thank you for choosing our podcast today. We hope that you're comforted, encouraged, and strengthened in the Lord today because of it. Don't forget to subscribe, though. It's easy. Just go to wherever you're listening right now and click subscribe. God bless you today.